Happy Easter. Yes, it's still Easter time. Lest we forget, right? As long as, long as Jesus is lit here, it's Easter. So we can't forget about that because that's what gives us courage in life in this time of uh, COVID-19 is a resurrected Jesus. So it's Easter, Easter every day. You know, I love this time of the year as the springtime begins to come alive, right? Finally, spring is starting to become a reality, although it's supposed to be in the 20s the next few nights, so I'm not sure. That's, that's not quite the spring weather that I like, but, but it's a beautiful time of the year in this Easter season because it, it gives us not just an opportunity to be outside, but it gives us the opportunity to, um, to hear the great courage, the great courage of the apostles in the early church and how they went about sharing the word of salvation, which we're all called to, right? This promised Holy Spirit was poured out upon them after the resurrection and it empowered them. They came alive with the power of the risen Lord to be prophetic witnesses of Jesus. And throughout this season of Easter, we've heard of their great works in spite of persecution. Because when we look at when these times when these readings were written, there was a great persecution going on in the church. The word of God we heard continued to spread and the number of the disciples in Jerusalem increased greatly. So the work of salvation was being done in the name of Jesus through the power of his Holy Spirit. And so since each one of us have received the Holy Spirit, right? And baptism, confirmation, this should give each of us encouragement in our own call to evangelize, to go out into the world and be these living witnesses of Christ's love and salvation. It's not just for me, for Father Bill, for these sisters, it's for everyone. It is for everyone, this is our call. But perhaps the spirit in us has gone dormant. By that I mean like asleep, it's fallen, he's fallen asleep. So that's why we should be praying that the gifts of the Spirit we received in confirmation come alive in us. When was the last time you prayed that? Holy Spirit, make these gifts come alive in me so I can be your living witness in the world. To become living stones, St. Peter said, built into a spiritual house. Are we a spiritual house? to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. Are our lives spiritual sacrifices to God through Christ Jesus? They won't be if we're not alive in the Holy Spirit. You know, this passage we heard in today's gospel, just to kind of put it in a little, a little context, what was happening here, it would have prepared them for the work that Jesus left them to do. So it takes place in the upper room. Jesus was with his disciples. He had just washed their feet, right, when he said these words. He had just given them this new commandment of love. Love one another as I have loved you. 
This particular gospel by John was written about 100 AD during a time of great persecution in the church. Many of the apostles by the time this was written would have had, many of the apostles would have already been martyred. But John is still alive and he's giving encouragement with the words of Jesus that he himself heard from Jesus. He's giving these words to the, to, to the early Christian community during this time of persecution to encourage them to stay true and faithful to whom they are as disciples of Jesus Christ, as Christians, as followers. And you know, we're all very familiar with this passage, the scripture passage, do not let your hearts be troubled. You have faith in God, have faith also in me, Jesus says. Beautiful, beautiful words of consolation and encouragement. In other words, no matter what the challenges of being a disciple in any generation, and it is a challenge to be a disciple in our culture today because our culture rejects Jesus. So no matter the challenges of being a disciple in any generation, faith in Christ is what sustains us. Faith in Jesus Christ is what sustains the mission. Faith in Jesus is what sustains any undertaking for the sake of his name. And as he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Let's look at those for a moment. I am the way. Jesus is the way. He is the way. In other words, for, for the disciple, our lives must be rooted in a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus. He's the way. A personal relationship with Jesus helps us to go out and navigate the challenges of the world, of our, of our culture, enabling us to be his living presence. This time of quasi-isolation at homes gives each of us, I believe, the time, all the time in the world to work on this relationship with him all the time in the world to spend with Jesus during these days of isolation. But think about this. How often do we go our own way and then bring Jesus with us? How many of us do that? We go our own way and we bring Jesus, we tag, let Jesus tag along, right? In other words, we want to take Jesus where we want to go instead of letting the Lord take us where he wants us to go. When we seek our own way, most of the time, <laughs> most of the time we will get a little lost, don't we? He is the way. He says, I am the truth. Jesus gives his followers a truth. They accepted the, 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 that truth and nothing can shake them. Nothing. They were fearless. They were filled with hope. Are we filled with hope? Are we fearless? Then seek the truth. Jesus is the fulfillment of all of our hopes and desires. 
and all of our dreams. Jesus, as the truth, has the answer to all of life's difficulties. But we can't drag him along with us because he is the way and he is the truth. And if he is not our way, then he will not be our truth. As Pope Francis has said, you know, closed hearts cannot understand Jesus. Closed hearts cannot understand Jesus, and they will never come to know the truth. Sometimes we want Jesus on our own terms instead of his, don't we? So Lord Jesus, open our hearts completely to you. Lord Jesus, give us the grace of surrender in every moment of our life so that we can go with you on your way and live in your truth. Then he says, I am the life. He is the life because only he has come down from heaven. And only he can lift up humanity to share in divine communion. There is no salvation through anyone or any, anyone else, nor is there any other human name under heaven given to the human race by which we are saved. We find that in the Acts of the Apostles. This was the whole truth in which the early church proclaimed as the charisma of faith. Our lives find their greatest meaning in Jesus. I came so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. How many of you want life more abundantly? Huh? Our lives as Catholics must always find their meaning in Jesus, right? Don't we all want the abundant life he promises? Then we have to find our life in Jesus and him alone. And as we know, the heart of Christianity is not a series of principles or ideas. It's the person of Jesus Christ who extends his deep love for us, and then he propels us into action sacrificing our lives for the sake of others. But it must always be done with Jesus. And in doing so, then he becomes, he becomes our pathway to salvation and our pathway to holiness. Now, Pope Francis wrote an apostolic exhortation entitled Gaudete et Exultate. It's called, in English, The Call to Holiness in Today's World. I recommend you take time to read it. It's only 46 pages, so it's really short, and it has big print, so it shouldn't take you very long. But it's not meant to be a treatise, a treatise on holiness, you know, somehow defining what holiness is. He is proposing the call to holiness in a very practical way for our own time, with all its risk, he says, challenges and opportunities. For the Lord has chosen, the Lord has chosen each one of us, each one of you, to be holy and blameless before him in love. He's chosen you. He's chosen me. Now, I've asked the question many times in, in homilies and stuff, how many of you think you're holy? How many think you're holy out there watching on television? How many think you're holy? Usually people never raise their hands because they're too humble, I think, I hope. But holiness, holiness, Pope Francis says, is the most attractive face of the church. It's the most attractive face of the church. So if you want an attractive face, we all want that. Huh? 
then seek holiness. It's the most attractive face of the church. Pope Francis relates in this document, he says, we should not grow discouraged before examples of holiness appear un- that appear unattainable. Like the disciples who have gone before us, we are all called to be witnesses. But there are many actual ways of bearing witness, he says. People say, well, I, I can't be Mother Teresa. Well, you're not called to be Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa was called to be Mother Teresa. You're called to be whom God has created you to be in, 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 the, in the context of a holiness of life. We are all called to be holy by living our lives with love. And I know you all do this. And bearing witness in everything we do. I'm not sure we do that all so well. Everything we do, wherever we find ourselves. And he says, do not be dismayed for the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit enables you to do this. And holiness in the end is the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life. Don't we all want this? Don't we all want this? deeply want this? The Holy Spirit bestows holiness in abundance. That's this life in abundance Jesus promises. The Holy Spirit bestows holiness in abundance among God's holy and faithful people in all situations. Even now, in the midst of coronavirus, the same Spirit given to the apostles in the upper room at Pentecost 2,000 years ago has been given to each one of you. And friends, it is not diminished. What you received in comparison to what they received is not diminished in any fashion, shape, or form. It is the same. You know, the power of the Holy Spirit is power. It's not different degrees of it. It is or it isn't. And it is. We can never forget this. Let me share a story. There's a beautiful story about Cardinal Wynne Van Thuan. So he was imprisoned in North Vietnam beginning in about 1976. For nine and a half years he was in prison, solitary confinement. If you're interested to read his story, there's a book called The Road of Hope. It's beautiful. There's also a little bitty book, little bitty book called Five Loaves and Two Fish that shares a little bit about his life while he was in prison. I recommend you read it. It's inspiring. It, it, it talks about one can live holiness in unbelievable ways, no matter what the situation a person's life might be. So when he was in prison, he refused to waste time waiting for the day when he would be released from prison. And he didn't just sit back and just wait. Instead, he chose, and I quote, to live the present, live to live not in, but to live the present moment, filling it to the brim with love. How beautiful is that? To live the present moment, filling it to the brim with love. That's what we're called to do today in the midst of coronavirus, to live the present moment, filling it to the brim with love. He decided to live his life in prison in this way, and I quote, he says, I will seize the occasions that present themselves every day, and I will accomplish ordinary actions in an extraordinary way. If we do this, led by God's grace, led by God's grace, Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, the holiness of God becomes the heart of our every action, just as it was for Jesus. 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. Pope Francis in Gaudete Exultate said, a Christian cannot think of his or her mission on earth without seeing it as a path of holiness. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. Each saint, each one of us, each one of you out there is a mission, is a mission planned by the Father. Think about this, it's beautiful. Is a mission, each, each of us is a mission planned by the Father to reflect and embody at a specific moment in history a certain aspect of the gospel. And this happens, friends, when we, our lives reflect the way, the truth, and the life. The Father's plan for each of us, the Father's plan for each of us is Christ and ourselves in him. That's the plan, folks. In the end, it is Christ who loves in us. For holiness is nothing other than charity lived to the full. I came so you may have life and have it to the full. And so as a result, the measure of our holiness, this is from the Holy Fathers encyclical, the measure of our holiness stems from the stature that Christ achieves in us to the extent that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we model our life, our whole life on his. Again, he is the way, the truth, and the life. Every saint, each, every one of us, who seeks to live a life of holiness is a message which the Holy Spirit takes from the riches of Jesus Christ and then gives to his people. So our mission in life is to bring others to the way, the truth, and the life, to the sacraments, to that relationship with Jesus. Each of us is a message, a path of light and grace reaching into a corner of the world, our life that is unlike anyone else's corner. Our mission is to bring Christ's grace into the lives of those who are still lost in the wilderness of fear. It's to bring Christ into the lives of those who are still lost in sin, who are still lost in ignorance, who are searching for his love in all the wrong places. And so in, in a real way, all of us, we are all priests of Christ insofar as we are sharers in the bridge building mission to this fallen world in which we live. So friends, when he comes to us today in Holy Communion, whether it be physically or spiritually, let us renew our awareness of 
this noble mission and to be the message which the Holy Spirit takes from Jesus and then gives to his people. Amen.